I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't care too much for the word codependent in today's world. It has come to mean something incredibly negative and portrays like a weak, beaten down individual who has no ability to stand up for themselves. Someone who is, you know, emotional and sensitive, but they're told that these emotions are stupid and a waste of time and and bad. They're told that they have no self-love and no self-esteem and that they actually, you know, have to place others uh, in front of themselves and have to please others in order to feel adequate about themselves. Codependent individuals or people who are told they're codependent, they're portrayed as carrying a lot of deep internal shame and that they're looking for external ways to feel better about themselves, to validate themselves. Well, if you know much about narcissism, this viewpoint can feel incredibly similar to narcissistic people and can actually be quite damaging. By popular opinion, both codependency and narcissism seem to be rooted in deep shame and insecurity. However, codependency plays out by finding validation and meeting everyone else's needs, while narcissism plays out in finding validation and everyone meeting your needs. I remember asking my therapist one time, are narcissism and codependency just two sides of the same coin? He chuckled and said, no, they are not related like that. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is part one of two. Today, we are talking about highly sensitive people versus codependency. And part two focuses on setting boundaries as a highly sensitive person. I've heard individuals say that codependent people are just as bad as the narcissists themselves, that they are abusive, that they are the problem, that they are the enablers that allow all this abuse to happen. Have you ever been told this? That it's just as much their fault as the abusers. This is so incredibly damaging and so inaccurate. The abuse and manipulation that you have suffered is not your fault. You did not ask for it. You did not bring it on. Just because you tried to make the best of the situation, tried to help keep the peace, tried to fix this in a kind and compassionate way, does not make any of this your fault. I want to remind you of my viewpoint on codependency. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you've heard this before. I firmly believe that codependency is built on good traits. It is a good thing to be willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt. It is a good thing to believe in the goodness of another person, to be willing to forgive them, to be willing to do more than your fair share of the work. It's a good thing to be aware of other people's feelings and to be sensitive to them. Our world needs more people like this. 
These are traits that I've taught my kids. These are traits that I stand by in myself. However, these traits are easily abused. They are easily taken advantage of. They are easily manipulated against you. When someone abuses these good traits in you, these beautiful traits go too far and become what the world calls codependency. It is not the good traits that are the problem. I stand by my right to be that person who gives people the benefit of the doubt, that person who is forgiving, that person who believes in the goodness of others. I stand by my right and will defend that to the day I die. It is the manipulation of these traits, these traits, <clears throat> the abuse of them, <clears throat> excuse me, that is the problem. I absolutely defend my right to be forgiving, loving, hardworking, gracious, compassionate, and so on. This is who I am, and I'm very pleased by that. I must, however, learn to protect that precious side of me with boundaries against manipulative people. Without my own boundaries, I remain vulnerable to this type of abuse all over again. Several terms have started to replace the word codependent in our world. Ross Rosenberg, who's a leading expert and author on narcissistic abuse, he uses the phrase self-love deficit disorder. He focuses on the lack of self-love and how this plays out in toxic relationships. And I'm going to talk about some of that self-love here in just a little bit. Shahida Arabi, another expert in the field, uses the term highly sensitive person. In her book, the book is called The Highly Sensitive Person's Guide to Dealing with Toxic People. She explains the science behind highly sensitive people. It's not just a feeling thing. It is scientifically visible inside the brain. And she actually says in her book, the brain regions that are related to awareness and empathy are more highly activated in highly sensitive people than in those that are less sensitive. If you've not yet read her book uh, or Ross Rosenberg's book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, I highly recommend both of these. If I was creating a checklist for a highly sensitive person, it might look something like this. Uh, more emotionally sensitive and thus more reactive to people and situations on a sensitive, like emotional level. Tunes into the emotional states and moods of other people. Anticipates the emotional needs of others and carries a strong desire to help. Sacrifices your own emotional needs to help make others feel more comfortable. Generous in nature with your own time, energy, and resources. Highly motivated by helping others, by calming their pain and their hurt, and that's highly motivating to you. Uh, but however, you find yourself easily abused in toxic and manipulative relationships. And maybe you've had a series of unhealthy relationships, individuals who have used your empathy against you. These, again, well, up to the last two, these are good traits. It's, it's a good thing to anticipate the emotional needs of other people and to carry that desire to help other people feel more comfortable and feel happier in life and to calm their pain. These are good things. But highly sensitive people, like I've said, are so incredibly vulnerable to abuse and manipulation. Society teaches us that the sensitivity that we carry is a weakness. You're just being emotional. Why don't you use your head instead? Now you're going to cry again. You're just being paranoid. You're overreacting. You're the crazy one here. 
Society teaches us to quit listening to our intuition, our instincts, and our gut. And the covert narcissist in your life leads the way. They tell us that we worry too much, that we need to be stronger. They see it as something is wrong with us. And over time, we believe them. We decide that we need to be stronger, better, tougher, less vulnerable. Because we are highly self-reflective, we easily blame ourselves too, making us great targets for manipulative people such as covert narcissists. We judge ourselves, doubt ourselves, blame ourselves, and discount ourselves. This is what destroys our self-esteem and our self-love. So do we get to that point of a low self-esteem and that self-love deficit? Yes, absolutely. But that isn't where it started. The problem is not that we didn't love ourselves to begin with. That's not where the story begins. It starts with the words of the manipulative people telling us that we should be more of this or less of that, telling us that we are wrong over every tiny thing, competitive and combative and even daily conversations about everyday life, judging us on every issue, every action, every word. And over time, the victim of all of this loses themselves. You lose your love for life, your motivation to help others, your caring and generous spirit. Narcissistic people, they start the story in the middle. I'm going to give you an example of this. Take this, this scenario. So you and your covert narcissistic partner, you're getting ready for a date night. And, and he starts in on you. And I'm going to say he because in my situation, it was my husband. I don't want to take anything away from the guys out there who are suffering at the hands of a narcissistic woman. But he starts in on you. You know, why are you wearing that? It looks awful on you. You know, you really should lose some weight so that you can wear better clothes. Even though you have been losing weight and you bought these brand new clothes for this very night. Why did you get that babysitter? They are horrible with the kids and they never get them to bed on time. Even though this is a sitter that you have used many times before with great success. You didn't even put gas in the car. Now we're going to have to make another stop. Why can't you do anything right? Even though he drove it last. On and on this goes. By the time you leave for this, you know, date night, your emotions are all over the place. You are hurt, upset, anxious, trying so hard to make this a successful evening, knowing it's going to blow up in your face. You are so emotionally exhausted and spent. You absolutely don't feel like going. You have nothing left to give. So now you get to the restaurant. You are quiet, sad, confused, tired. Your love for life is just zapped from you. Not because this has only happened this one time, because this has happened over and over and over. And you know everything's just going to blow up. But now he puts on his game face. He is ready for that nice date night. He puts on the show of being this awesome guy taking his girl out and fully expects you to be receptive to that. You know, he puts his arm around you or holds your hand as you walk into the restaurant, pulls out your chair for you. Uh, he expects you to show the world how much you are in love with him. He expects you to fawn all over him, smile, laugh, hang on his every word, but you just can't. You have nothing left in the tank. 
by the time you get home, he is fuming mad at you. You can't even enjoy a date night with me. What's wrong with you? I was trying to have a good time with you. Don't you want this to work out? I set up this wonderful evening for you and you ruined it all. It's all your fault. Because you see, their story doesn't begin back at the house with all the negativity, blaming, gaslighting, abusing. None of that matters. None of that even exists in his head anymore. His story begins at the date, the restaurant, the time when, you know, he was ready to turn it on, when he was ready to put on the game face. Their story doesn't begin with how they treated you, but rather with your reaction to it. So now you're the bad guy. You're the problem. But that's not reality. The true story begins with how they treated you, how they made you feel, all the hurt and pain they have caused. Yes, all of that matters. They throw it away like none of it matters and like none of it even existed, but it all matters. Now, this is more easily seen in the individual occurrences of it. When they yell at you or curse at you and you react and then they point out how crazy you are being. When they cheat on you and you get angry, they focus on your anger instead of what they did. Okay, their stories all begin with your reaction, not what they did that caused you to get upset in the first place. But this very thing happens in the overall relationship too. They treat you this way over and over for years and even decades over time you become the extreme people pleaser especially with them you're over worrying about everything trying to be absolutely perfect yes you are wearing your brain out over analyzing overthinking you are hyper aware of their feelings and you overextend yourself to keep the peace willing to do more than your fair share of the work trying desperately to keep a peaceful home with them you become extremely self-critical feeling responsible for everything in life you lose your ability to say no you lose your self-esteem you lose you. Remember where the story begins. You came into this relationship with a desire to be compassionate and kind, sensitive and respectful, cooperative and peaceful. But the story begins with how they began treating you. With the contempt, judgmentalness, competitiveness, sharpness, the thousand bee stings. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. The thousand bee stings take their toll on the best of us. I got a favor to ask of you guys. Somewhere out there on the internet, there's a picture of, of a, uh, it, it portrays narcissistic abuse. And it's a movie projector and a guy holding a knife. And, and the part that's, uh, or a person holding the knife, the part that's projected onto the screen is a totally different story from the one of the, that's actually in reality. If you know what picture I mean, and you can get your hands on it, send it to me. I've been looking to it for it for quite a while. Shoot it to me through Facebook or through email. Uh, my Facebook is Renee Swanson, and my email is Renee at cnglifecoaching.com. Renee at CNG, that's CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group, lifecoaching.com. And I would love it if you guys could help me find that. 
But again, their story doesn't start at the beginning. It starts in the middle when you begin reacting to their treatment of you. Now, next week, I'm going to take a new approach to how to set boundaries for yourself as this highly sensitive person. It is okay to be that highly sensitive person. I stand by my right to be that person. But how do I take these good traits that I want to keep and protect in me and build the life that I want to live? Join me next week for part two. And don't forget that I have group coaching sessions beginning on October 11th. They will run on Tuesday mornings and Tuesday afternoons for six weeks. I have a Saturday session too that's starting a little bit later than that. Please come join us if you are in need. You can find more information at www.covertnarcissism.com. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.